What's going on, guys? In this episode, I was in the studio here in San Diego with a good friend of mine, Cody Cottle. Awesome guy, just launched his own podcast and went in to record one of his first episodes for his show. And I thought it was a really interesting episode and I wanted to run it as an episode on our show as well. And some of the topics that we cover are what do I value most in life? Um, why I quit drinking almost two months ago, about or not two months, almost uh, a year and two months ago. It's been, it was since New Year's 2021. So all of 2022 and then coming up on two months of 2023 so far. Uh, Cody also doesn't drink. I think he started his journey exactly one year before me, the New Year's Eve previous. So we talk about that. Why I barely use social media personally. I have not logged into my Facebook account in a long time and why I don't really use a lot of social media for my business, um, but how I'm still able to be successful uh, with my coaching business and things in general without needing social media a lot. Uh, I talk about why I became a coach, how I did it, and also what would I do today if I were starting from zero, if I had no assets, no social media, um, no following, no brand, and I wanted to build up my own online uh, travel-based, run it from anywhere in the world, passion, laptop business, how I would go about doing that if I didn't have anything that I currently have in place today and how I would go ahead and do that. So sit back, enjoy the ride, and check out me on uh, Cody Cottle's podcast. What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Brendan Burns, what's up, man? What's going on, Cody? <laughs> Good to have you here, man. Good to be here. I love the studio. Yeah, dude. It's it's pretty awesome. We're excited about the show. You know, following in footsteps of giants like you. Uh, <laughs> got to know Brendan, seen what he's done with his show, and uh, even took a tag from you, the Cody Cottle Show. <laughs> yeah, man. Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. It is. You know, and, and guys, actually, it's funny. Like, this is going to be a conversation with Brendan. Um, I think the most valuable asset that we can build is a personal brand. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, why did you name your show that? Was it to build your brand and your business? The reason why I named it The Brendan Burns Show is because my favorite podcast when I was working in Wall Street in New York City was The Tim Ferriss Show. Yeah. And I was all about travel and personal development. And I loved, I would go on these solo trips to Japan. I remember being in Iceland by myself, lugging this suitcase through snow. And I was listening to his show and I just loved it. It was so interesting. And he kind of gave me permission to live a different style of life. Mm. Like my parents were both lawyers. My grandpa was a lawyer. My stepdad, stepbrother, uncle, everyone was a lawyer. And I hated the idea of having like pasty skin, wearing business shirts and just living in a box my whole life. Yeah. And so I'm in Iceland and all doing all these trips and Tim kind of gave me all this permission. So I loved his show. And then I started my own podcast in 2016 
And I was like, yeah, the Brendan Burns show. Why not? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, everybody should just go launch a podcast right now. <laughs> Call it your name show. show. <laughs> <laughs> Build the personal brand and yep. go for the dream. Yeah. Well, let's get this thing started, man. Um, I always love to ask, what do you value most in life? It's a great question. And I was thinking about it this morning. <clears throat> I was reading a book about kind of how to scale coaching business. Obviously I'm business coach for yeah. coaches primarily. And I was really interested in learning more about marketing and lead gen and ads. Cause I'm scaling my ads for my business right now. So I'm reading this book and this woman's talking about her journey and how she grew up in this high pressure, high performance household where everyone had to make a lot of money. Mm. And in that moment when I'm trying to get my ads dialed in and trying to make more money and close more deals, I was like, oh my God, what am I even doing right now? Like I'm already serving a lot of people for free through my podcast, for free through YouTube, for paid through my business. Am I having fun? Am I connected to community? Am I connected to God right now in this moment? Mm. Or am I falling into that trap that she was talking about in her book? So when I think about what I value the most in my life, it's ironic because almost everything that I value the most is actually free. Wow community, friendship, surfing, being at the beach, being active, being plugged in with other people, building connection, love, relationships. That's all free. So it's so interesting how, you know, in this pursuit of money, I think a lot of people think, okay, if I make more money, it'll solve my problems. Now, granted, a lot of people out there have problems that could be solved if they had more money. But once you solve your financial problems, then there's a lot of other stuff that yeah. you can't solve with money. So I value the people in my life, my crazy story of how I wound up here in San Diego, knowing nobody, building this whole community here that mm, we're a part of. Yeah. And the people pouring into me, loving on me and helping me through my personal development to create the life, the family, the fun, the faith, everything that I want. Yeah. I love how you said the thing that you value most is what's free. Yeah. And it, yet so many of us are constantly chasing money. Mm -hmm. constantly chasing success yeah. and, and yet we get it. I've had it. You've had it. And it's like, wait, I'm supposed to be happy right now. <laughs> Why am I not happy? Why do I feel empty inside? And, uh, but it was really that community, that connecting, doing the things that you love. You know, I, I guess like that's so interesting that the show's already gone in this direction. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that human beings like, is it because we're cultured by society to go chase the success, the cars, the house, the money, that, that we do these things because we think we're supposed to, yet we find ourselves still not fulfilled. Why is it that we're always chasing the wrong thing? I think everybody's got their own unique story around why they're motivated by money more than pursuing love, growth, God, personal development, family connection. Yeah. I can just share that in my personal experience. I grew up not getting a lot of love from my primary caregivers, but when love was there, it was in response to success and achievement. Yeah. You know, I remember coming home, having the best grades, graduating top of my class high school. I think I was third of my class, good scores, went to And good you school. had that expectation on you because your parents were lawyers. Well, my parents were actually not that intensely like pressuring me to do that, but I knew that if I did really, so I'm grateful to them for right. never like holding me like, you know, you hear some of these stories, but the parents like coming down hard on the kids. Like my parents were super chill, but my grandparents and the community and the teachers, I knew that if I 
took advantage of my skill set with my intellect and did really well in school and did really well in these, got the best jobs, the best grades, the best college acceptances, then people would look upon me more favorably. Mm. And so I just really kind of, I'm like, I'm not getting love unconditionally, but if I do this stuff, then I'll get at least noticed and attention and some kind of accolades. Yeah. So let me do that. And so it's been a pattern that I've been working on breaking for a long time. And so that's part of it. And then I think the other part of it is I like to build. I like to grow. I like to be competitive. I like to, you know, there are parts around making money and succeeding. I think are good. Like I love having people on my team and pouring into them and making sure they get paid. But I think, yeah, just for me understanding how to say no to business opportunities, have balance, have fun, cherish the things that are more important is a practice because of some of those things I've talked about. And then I think for other people, it it could be a number of things, but I see a common theme is people think that if they hit a certain level financially, professionally successful, then they'll get the love, then they'll get the respect, then they'll get the attention that they deserve all along, but they just didn't get it as a child for some reason. Yeah. And it's like so many successful people that have quote unquote made it. A lot of them come out and say that, Mm -hmm. Like you know, if you're not happy now, when you get more money, it's just going to amplify that. Yeah. You know, you're going to keep buying stuff and wondering why you're not fulfilled, why you're not happy. So I love that. Well, let's, um, I, I want this show to kind of go in several directions today, but I, I want to, you give us like a quick five, seven minute recap of, you know, Brennan Burns story. Right. I, and then beginning, I introed you and I'm like, you know, you went to Cornell, you got an MBA, you were going in the footsteps of your parents and your grandparents, but there was a massive shift in your life to where you're at today, what you're doing, the impact you're making on the world. And, and I love that. And I want to, I want to, I want the audience to hear the quick version of that story. Yeah. So it's 2000, 12 fall. I just get my JD MBA from Cornell. I'm 25. I live in Manhattan. Um, I go to Equinox gym. I'm working out. Personal trainer comes up to me. She's like, oh, how she goes. And this is so classic New York city. She goes, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm just starting a job in investment banking. She goes, okay, how tall are you? I'm like, I'm six feet tall. And she's like, oh, okay. One of my clients, I'm going to set you up with her. (laughs) It's like, it's like, do you check these boxes? Yeah. It's like New York city vibes, (laughs) height and job. Yeah. How much money do you make? How tall are you? Yeah, exactly. The really important things in life. <laughs> anyway, long story short, the girl. I, would, actually, I mean, yeah, yeah. I would not make it. I'm pretty short, man. Yeah, dude. I'd, I'd, I mean, I can make all the money in the world. I don't know if that at some point that starts to outweigh the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sliding scale. Yeah. Um, but no, anyway, long story short, I'm in this relationship. I'm in this job. I got my family in New York and I come home from work one day. And the girl I'm dating is throwing all my stuff into the hallway. She takes my external monitor and launches it. Uh, my clothes. She's like, get out. Never want to see you again. We're done. And we were about to, I thought we were going to get married. So that happens. Now walking back to technically, I still had a lease on a place. I was going maybe sleeping there one night a week. Heats off, open the fridge, one slice of cheese, super depressing. Phone rings. Hey, Brandon, it's the investment bank you work at. Uh, we need you to start looking for new employment. Hang that up. My dad calls. Hey, Brandon, your brother's in the hospital. Say a prayer for him. And I had no idea what was going on at the time. And so my brother wound up being fine, but all these things happened at once. So Martin Luther King Day, 2013, this is right about when this was happening. I go to Barnes and Noble. Before then, I thought therapy was for weak people. Coaching wasn't real. I go to Barnes Noble, I get all these books, and I start reading this one book. It's called The Emotionally Abusive Relationship by Beverly Engel. 
Mm. And she's like, if you do one of these 10 things, you're emotionally abusive. And I was like 11 out of 10. I was doing them all. And I was just repeating what was done to me as a child, like manipulation, control, all this type of stuff. And so the book was so good. I started seeing therapists in New York City trying to get help. Nothing was really helping me. So I wrote the author, Beverly, a letter. And I found on her website, it said, mail a check to this address in San Marcos, Texas. And in the memo line of the check, put your email address. I will and, and write the check for $60. <laughs> and Be- Beverly will email you at that line. And you can have a conversation with her. So she sends me the email. We do the call. I worked with her. She coached me one-on-one every week for five years. Wow. What a way to get a lead. Just take a moment. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Lead gen, baby. <laughs> yeah. Send me a check for $60 and write your email. Well, the real lead gen is having a book. Yeah. The, well, yeah. Know, which is you know something that people do. Well, she moved you to a one-on-one. Yeah, she she so uh, she closed me. Yeah, on a one on one session. So so you hire, her, you start working with her. Start working with her, and yeah, I mean, she just kind of changed my life and opened up the kimono. Like, what are emotions? What's personal development? Looked at my dysfunctional childhood. Parents got divorced. Mom remarried. All the psychological, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, everything, and that enabled me to kind of start my walk of like understanding who I am, healing, growing, and working all that stuff out personally. Yeah. But I'm still working in finance. I get a job at a hedge fund and I actually really like it. And my boss at the time is a really good dude. He gives me 5% of the fund. He, he gives me a lot of responsibility. I'm putting on long shorts, having fun with the book. And then it just, over time, I got more and more into personal development. I saw the Tony Robbins documentary. I went to California by myself to his event. And I was like, yeah, I got to do this full time. This is for me. This is my calling. I've always wanted to have my own business. It's starting to make sense. So, um, Thanksgiving of 2016 comes around. I just get back from the conference. I'm like jumping up and down like Tony Robbins all the time, blasting music. And my friend asks me on Thanksgiving, 2016, it's a Thursday, obviously. He says, Brendan, when are you going to go do coaching full time? Mm. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm still building out my website and I got a cushy day job. So I'm just going to kind of take the, you know, 10K a month, whatever, reinvest it, build it out on the weekends, no rush. Two years. So two years from now, I'll, I'll go do full time. He's like, okay. Four days later, that Monday, boss calls me in his office, fires me. Wow. I was like, this is perfect. He's like, oh, really? Like, you have another job lined up? I'm like, no. Um, I'm leaving the hedge fund industry permanently. And he looked at me and goes, take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) Was he just following orders? (sighs) He was, I mean, no, I mean, he was the founder of the fund, but obviously super stressed out. Didn't really feel like that was his calling on some level. But that was where it all started was, you know, I got fired and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was preparing for that. I was kind of wanting it subconsciously. I think my desk was already cleaned out. I was like every day I was taking something home. I had my savings. So I had a good leeway to build, you know, ramp it out. But that was, you know, fall 2016, traveled for most of 2017, came back summer of 2018, got my first high ticket client and then just started really growing it from there. Moved to California during 2020. And that's kind of the story in a nutshell. Wow, come on. One of the unique things in your story that stood out to me that I feel like a lot of people could overlook was the friend that asked you, Brandon, when are you going to go full-time with this? Mm -hmm. I I always love that part of a story because I think a lot of people miss it. You know, a real friend is they tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, and they call you out on your ish. Mm -hmm. And and even though that wasn't the catalyst, here's a friend beginning that. So I want to challenge the audience right now. 
who in your life calls you out on your ish, tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, holds you to the highest standard that they know that you're capable of. If you don't have those people in your life, make sure you're beginning to surround yourself with those kind of people. So, Brendan, back to your your story there. You know, say the rest is history, but a lot of people, maybe on my audience, they don't know like who you are, or what you do. So, tell us a little bit more. You got a high ticket client. How are you serving in the coaching industry? What's unique about you? What's different? Yeah. So, 2017, I was having a lot of fun traveling, but I was also starting to run Facebook ads, and I started to sell an online course called Mastering Instagram. How I went from zero to 20k and turned my followers into dollars. Let's go. And it was super fun. And I was spending like 20K a month on ads, spending like 1,800 a month on rent and 20K a month on ads. <laughs> People just don't understand. And I was this like, world is nuts. Yeah. And I was like jumping on a trampoline, doing live webinars once a week, every night. And I started selling this course and Jesse Itzler bought it. He owns the Atlanta Hawks yeah. with his wife, Sarah Blakely and an investment group. She founded Spanx. Um, John Bronson bought it. He was a professional athlete on the Arizona Cardinals all these people started buying my course because think about it, you start spending money. It's shown everywhere on, on Facebook and the internet. And so some of these higher level people started reaching out to me directly. And so I had Jesse on the podcast and we built a connection. Um, John from the NFL player, we became good friends. I went with him to the Super Bowl in Atlanta, met all these NFL guys, Freddie Mitchell, former Eagles player, started coaching him. So my niche sort of developed as like, kind of a one-on-one high-performance coach for like decamillionaires, centimillionaires, billionaires, and pro athletes, which was a super sexy thing, right? I'm like right. working with like these guys who have crazy problems, like take a pro athlete who retires after four years because he can't get another deal and then winds up going to jail and now he's out. It's like mindset issues. Or CMO of a major, you know, billion-dollar company almost who is making $27 million a year on a W-2 and then the company basically goes bankrupt. And so dealing with these challenges, like another one's like a former Miss Alaska winner goes to Stanford, um, you know, just kind of getting like six multiple six figure deals, media going on TV, like mindset stuff. Yeah. So it was really fun working with these super high level people. And so through that process, I kind of built out like a 20 to 30 K month coaching business. I had an admin or two. I had, you know, like a social media manager. I had another coach, super high level guy who could talk to a lot of these CEOs and business owners and it was comfortable. Yeah. You know, I was having fun. I was taking like two, three calls a day. I was surfing every day, having a good time. And then eventually I was like, I want to reach more people, you know, I want to scale this thing up. And so that's when in kind of like late 2020, I started to really look at, you know, high ticket, scalable, building a team out, high performance culture and all that. And so what we did was we looked at sort of like, you know, the athletes, the super high level people, executives, small business owners, and then actually coaches. Yeah. Because we were probably, even though I was like working with some of these sexy people, I was still always coaching probably 60, 70% of my clients were people who were coaches being like, hey, Brendan, how can I build out a coaching business like you? Yeah. Not just I want to build a coaching business, but I want to bring in a coach, make it more passive income, run it remotely, travel full time. Kind of like more how do I build a four hour work week lifestyle? Yeah. Like you have, but then also in this in the coaching space typically. Yeah. I and, love that. And so and then basically just kind of the last piece was then realizing that the coaches were kind of the most scalable, the easiest people to connect with, people that kind of understood the value and I could reach quickly and easily and have an impact. Um, was kind of the niche that made the most sense for me. So now that's who I primarily work with. Like I still have a 
bespoke one-on-one practice with those types of people, but pretty much I'm just running the podcast and then the business coaching uh, program, which is pretty much specifically designed for coaches, consultants, agency owners, sales reps, small business owners. Yeah, there's one thing that's really unique about your your story that I want to point out. The very beginning of all of this, you created an online course. Mm Mm-hmm on how to get 20,000 followers on Instagram and turn it into customers, clients, yeah. dollars. Yeah. And, and, and guys, like so many people overlook, like we look at a Brendan Burns now making six figures every single month, crushing and coaching, working with all these high low people. It's like, man, I want to be like that guy. But what most people fail to miss is what that guy did in the beginning. Yeah. And, and I just want to encourage you guys with that. What I heard you say, I'm a content guy, is you made content yeah. in the beginning. And you found a way to build influence through that content and then monetize that content, build a reputation for yourself, get introduced to the right people that opened the right doors that launched you to where you're at today. Yeah. So check this out. Cause I was just talking to one of my appointment setters on my team on the drive over here. 43% of our active clients right now in our high ticket program came from LinkedIn organic. We just DM people from my account. What's up? What type of coaching do you do? Would love to book a call with you. Yeah. The reason that works for us and it doesn't work for most people is because of the content and the brand that I built from 2016 until now. Mm. So um, I spent a ton of time on my podcast, six years, 130. Guys, see, this is the goal. Listen to this. This is what everyone comes out and talks about their success, but miss the repetition they put in. Yes. Every two weeks on Monday, I've put out a podcast episode for the last six years. I don't know if it was as consistent in the beginning, but that's the content calendar I adhere to. And if it's Monday morning at 7 a.m. and I need an episode, I will just get roll out of bed. I'll knock an episode out in my side room and I'll publish it. So that consistency. You've been podcasting for six years. Since twenty six. Most people started a podcast three months ago. They're not making money and they're whining. I still don't make money off my podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I've had people approach me for advertising or whatever. The only thing I will talk about that I'm going to be talking about more is my own coaching. But I met with a guy last week. And he's an awesome dude. Talked to someone on my team and he's like, Brendan, I'm, I'm in. I'm super excited to work with you. Your podcast sold me. So podcasting for now seven years, um, over 100 episodes. Instagram, I was putting out tons of content. I yeah. have a verified count, the check mark, 20,000 followers, a lot of time, a lot of energy to build that out. Yeah. Facebook maxed out with 5,000 friends. LinkedIn, 13,000 connections. Email list, 30,000 people. YouTube channel, 3,000 subscribers, a lot of content. So yeah, I've spent a lot of time building my authority in the space and it not only helps you get more business, but now we're hiring, right? Appointment setters, sales closers, coaches. And what do they, those people do? They're looking for people with credibility. If someone's a sales rep who wants to come in, make 10, 20K a month closing for someone, they Google you. And what do they see? They go to your social media account. Now, a lot of these guys, like, you know, these guys who don't even use their real last names. They don't have websites. It's just a click funnels page. It's, yeah. you know, it's like super not transparent. Even mm. the business coaches that I've hired who are really good, they were like, the, the appointment setter was like, I want you to talk to this guy, Mitchell. I'm like, well, what's the guy's last name? Who is this what's guy? The name? What is they don't have like a company name. That like, you know, so I didn't know any of that. Like that credibility. And what I was saying is when I was talking to Brendan, my appointment setter on the drive over here, he's the same name as me. I'm like, what's going on with the leads? And he's like, dude, when, when I got a call someone, if they're familiar with you, they know your personal brand, they know what we do. They've engaged with some of your content. It's so much different. Yeah. And so it's just a fresh reminder to me, go back to the brand, go back to the content. Yeah. For everyone that's at home that either you have a business, you're trying to run, run online 
or you want to quit that job that you hate to launch that business, I really want you guys to walk away with this because you know, there's the reps we have to put into making content, like your story with Instagram and putting out content, creating that course. Dude, I did a 30 sec motivation check video. It was 60 seconds or less motivational video every single day. I did over 500 days in a row without mm -hmm. missing a day. Yeah. And, and here's something really important. And I would love to ask you this. I personally don't believe you need millions of followers to make millions of dollars. No. I did it with tens of thousands. Heck, you could do it with thousands. I mean, you said 20,000 followers on Instagram. You make six figures a month. Do you know who Kevin Kelly is? No. One of my favorite podcasts that Tim Ferriss did. He did a three-part episode. So Kevin Kelly is the founder of Wired Magazine, mm. co-founder. And they call him the, the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. And and the guy's super cool. And he's got this thing. He calls it the either 100 or 1,000 follower rule. So you can have a hundred people who pay you a thousand bucks a year or a thousand people that pay you a hundred bucks a year, but either way that you're making six figures with your own business. So it could be a hundred people. I mean, right now, the amount of clients we have to make, like you said, hundred thousand dollars every month, it's not that many. We're high ticket. If we you had a thousand followers that you guys built organically with your content mm -hmm. and 10% of those followers bought a subscription from you for a hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm. you're making six figures. Yeah. And that's like the, the path is in the math, but I think so many people miss that. So I want to ask you a question because the landscape's changed. You started podcasting seven years ago. Yeah. Not as many podcasts back then as there is today. A little more competitive. Sure. You know, social media, you grew when Instagram was hot and you really converted well. Very saturated now. Now TikTok's out, all these other things. What do you think has changed in terms of building influence online? Like what can you speak to into that? Well, there's definitely a change in terms of how quick you need to get your point across in order to <laughs> hold someone's attention. Like three seconds? No, like not like sometimes half a second. <laughs> like, and I'm guilty of it too because the only social media I actively use right now to digest content is TikTok. I think it's hilarious. It's fun. It's funny. They know what I like. They show me stand-up. They show me the weirdest stuff like, you know, poker. Like they just know what I like and I love it. But if I'm flipping through and like within that first second, if something hasn't happened yet, I'm gone, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you got to be quick. Um, but I would say one piece of value that might help your audience is I spend so much time on Instagram. I spend so much time on some of these platforms where my content is kind of like been pushed so far down in the, in the feed. Um, I wish I was like in, had intentionally just really focused on a YouTube channel. Because I feel like there's the SEO value in that. Yeah. And there, I have a video that I made. It took me two minutes on a screen share on how to set up a many chat, chat bot on your website. I still get tons of views on that every month. And it's not related to my brand, really. There's no call to action off of that. But if I had, say, like 10 really good videos that are aligned with my high ticket offer right now, and even if I threw a little bit of money to just kind of boost them, and but then got the organic SEO off of that. Yeah. That would have been great. I know you're an Instagram guy. I know you like that stuff. I think it's all great. Like they yeah. go on Instagram, they look you but up. But this, this show, this is my YouTube avenue. Yeah. You know, we're launching the Cody Coddle show so we can begin to have content on YouTube. For sure, yeah. And we can also begin to have content on a podcast plus what I do in short form video. Because I see the same thing, you know, uh, 24 to 48 hour shelf life yeah. on short form video. But it's relevant. You can't ignore it. You got to be on those platforms. It's relevant. You, you pop, you're seen, you're there. It's great. Yeah. But just like, yeah, I would, I would have done more like even like SEO and YouTube just to kind of have that pillar long-term 
traffic. Yeah. You know, because think about the money I spend on ads every month to get traffic and to get visibility, mm. to build that foundationally with repetition every month just based on search terms. People continue to use Google. They can obviously continue to use YouTube. So I would say like even like as things are continuing to change, like from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok to whatever, there's still like the Google foundation continues yeah. to stay there. And the I Google was, My Business, building it out, getting all the reviews, stuff, building the reviews, credibility, yep. good website. And and I think a lot of people forget the fundamentals, Yeah, right? Like if you want to play a sport like basketball and you want to be good in basketball, well, you have to master the fundamentals mm-hmm. before you can ever start dunking or doing crazy stuff. And so it's like you're working on your dribble game and like a ball handling and your shooting and all of that. And it's like, do you even have Google My Business built out? Do mm-hmm. you have good reviews? Do you have a good website? Do you have a foundation laid of fundamentals to then build on? Oh, yeah. There was a period of time where when I was going out in New York City with my friends, I would be like, hey, um, do you listen to podcasts? And if they said yes, I would just take their phone. If they gave me permission, I would download my show. I would like subscribe to it. I would like hit a couple episodes download here, listen to this one. I think you'll really like it. And then they would the next time I see them they'd be like, what'd you think of the episode? And they're like, Oh my God, it was so good. But I'm like, don't tell me, let's just write a review right now. <laughs> you know? And like, I was being very proactive. And I think to your point, everyone's like, I want to make 10 K a month or 50 or hundred. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I put yeah. in a lot of like knowledge. I learned how to do email marketing, build a list, do all stuff. Like, yeah, it was a lot of work behind the scenes. All right. Knowing what you know now, if you had to start from zero tomorrow, your podcast is gone. Your following's gone. Like you're at ground zero, bro. You're a ghost on social. You don't even have a profile picture. It's like the gray picture. Yeah. What are you focusing on? What steps are you taking? For what? To build a personal brand or to get clients for coaching? To build your business to make money. You're like, dude, I want to make a hundred grand a month. You have no following, no presence, nothing. What are you doing? Dude, you know what's funny? And this, this probably sounds horrible, but there's some days where I actually wish that that was the case <laughs> yeah. because there's some stuff that like, you know, you have like momentum on certain channels that like you shouldn't be like pouring more into or like it would be easier to like foundationally start something from scratch than just like try to change an existing page that might because like I've done a lot of different types of coaching over the years. So my niche on my social platforms is kind of like sometimes relationship coaching, sometimes this. So if I knew that I wanted to build out my business coaching business from scratch from day one, if I want to just make money, the first thing that I teach my clients that I would do is just network and connect with more people like you and coaches in San right. Diego, sign a couple people up, get some cash flow coming in. Right. That's like the easy way to do it. Okay. So word to mouth, you'd go old school, connect with people, make a just couple to get, sales there. Just to get 10, 15 K a month. Easy. What are you doing with social media and your marketing? You're forgetting about it or you're working on it while you're. I would it? like set up accounts, like register my usernames on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. One thing that was really interesting to me, I was talking to a friend in, uh, at a mastermind in Nashville. And I was like, dude, if you were just, and he's a multiple, you know, I don't know if he makes a million a month, but he makes multiple seven, uh, six figures every month for sure. And I was like, what would you, if you had to start from scratch and you could only um, do like one social media channel for organic to drive leads to your business and one paid, what would you do? And he said, YouTube and YouTube. And I thought that was really interesting. I agree for sure on the social media side, just the value of the YouTube for paid. YouTube is definitely harder, but that's actually a good I thing. I actually see higher row ad 
with my high level clients that run paid ads yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And if you already have a good YouTube presence, yes. it converts even higher. For sure. Yeah. So start, starting from ground zero, would you do that? Yeah. I mean, I would probably, what I would do is, I mean, I love podcasting. You got to do what you love. Yeah. That's the most important. But I would say I would probably do YouTube organic, learn YouTube paid, podcast. My YouTube channel would probably be a combination of like well shot YouTube, kind of the way you're shooting your podcast. Yeah. And then some like eight minute videos of just giving of like value. Straight value with yeah. a quick call to action. That's exactly to what book I'm doing. a call. Yep. I would probably just do those two things. And then yeah, I would just probably go all in on all that. Yeah. You know what I love about and then, you? And then maybe a book too. In a book, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. credibility, yeah, right? Book, yeah. Hosting a podcast gives you some credibility, not as much as it used to, but writing a book, book. even if you just self-published and did it like 80 pages. It's still worth it, dude. Still you credibility. Got something to give people and then you can make a book funnel around it. Like we have, uh, I had a friend who, high-ticket coach, you get on the sales, her closer would get on a sales call with someone and they'd be like, I know Tara, I've read the book, like I'm in. Yeah. You know? So, so right there, guys, we just literally gave you business coaching, yeah. like ground zero, start a YouTube channel, like learn how to do YouTube, start a podcast, record the podcast, repurpose it on there. Yeah. You can chop up the YouTube podcast, throw and it on a, short form on yeah, TikTok and that, Instagram. That's just like, if you have more time and energy yeah. to do that, I think that's the best thing you can do to then grow your IG, TikTok and Facebook. And if you don't have money to publish the book, do an ebook. You yeah. just create a digital book online, create yeah. a book funnel from it. Go sign up, click funnels, Kartra, you know, go high level, Kajabi, one of those. Yeah. Record a course off the content based on the book. Boom. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. I didn't yeah. know we were going to go down this path, but I felt like that'd be valuable for the audience. For sure. Well, I guess like what, um, what's one thing that like you're focusing on right now in this season to scale your business? To, to scale my business? Um, I would say... I spent last year getting really good at sales, um, like unnecessarily good. Yeah. And what we've realized is when you are so good at getting people signed up, you don't realize like the quality of your marketing can actually be pretty bad. So I have done all these things foundationally to build the podcast and Instagram, but I haven't really been actively putting stuff out other than the podcast. Yeah. And so what I realized was we brought in a guy to be a closer for us. The guy was insane. He was so good. He was like better than me. I'm like, oh my God. And you know, it's like humbling. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so he's bring, selling my stuff better than he, I sell my stuff. Oh my God. No, I like, I did a call with this woman. I think her name's Kathleen something. She was really tough and I could not get her signed up. And so every time I do a mock call, this is how I interview sales reps is I do a mock call with them and I pretend to be a prospect and I let them try to close me. And then we'll record it and then we'll meet after we'll pause and then come back on the zoom a few minutes later and be like, all right, what do you think you did? Well, what do you think you didn't do well? Right. Yeah. And I'm always Kathleen in the mock calls. <laughs> this woman, if she ever hears this, it'd be so funny. She, she was super tough. She was super tough. She like wouldn't come in. She was like doing two coaching certification programs at the same time. So the timing didn't make sense. And so this guy I signed him uh, or I, I did a mock call with him. His name's Hans. And he, he crushed it. He didn't sign her up, but he got her a lot closer than I did. And I was like, dude, this guy's legit. So I hired him. Comes in. He's closing deals. He's like, I'm like, oh, this guy, William. Like, my appointment center said, like, I don't think we're going to sign him up. Closes the guy month to month with a December start date. Closes uh, this other woman who, like, saw me on this webinar that was, like, not trying to do it. I'm like, oh, this guy, Hans, is a beast. He calls me a week later. He's like, dude, I can't jump in. Like, I need to make. He's like, I'm making 20K a month in this HVAC job and like I, I don't see myself making 20k a month right now in this role i'm like yeah it's 
because I told him it was more of a 10K a month opportunity, and he yeah. said that was fine, and then he changed his mind. No worries. But so then I brought on this other guy who I have now who's awesome. His name's Cody. <laughs> champion. And, yeah, champion, obviously. Obviously. But what I realized is the guy's got, like, a solid sales skill set, but he's and he's signing people up. He closes this woman, great new client, et cetera. But what I realized is, like, you know, your the sales is easier when the marketing's better. And you don't need like, and, and as I've started to do more ads, less of the LinkedIn, less of the organic, more like running even Google search ads as an example, people come, they search for something, you got a solution, they fill out an intake form, you get on a call, you sign them up. I'm like, shoot, this is too easy. Like it's so easy to sign these people up sometimes. Yeah. So what I've realized is a way to build my business in 2023 is to really dial in marketing even better. Like just find those people who need help, educate them on who I am, educate them on how I can genuinely help people, show them real testimonials and the real value that we actually add for so many people mm. and just make it easier for my sales team to just get people signed up. Yeah. Cause right now it's, it's like, it's a grind. We're approaching a lot of people that aren't actively looking for a solution on LinkedIn, for example. And it's great cause there's no ad spend and blah, blah, blah. But it's not as scalable, and it's just like kind of a hassle from a sales perspective. So we're really focusing on just foundationally getting marketing right, all in on ads, spending more on ads, getting the funnel dialed in, and just like having that real direct communication. Like you can use your funnel to speak directly to someone and tell them not to book a call with you. Yeah. Be like, don't book unless. Through, and you're like filtering. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And getting rid of the people that aren't the right people you should be. In. I think that when we, you run effective marketing, for one, you increase your quantity of opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. You get leads in the pipeline, but you also increase the quality with good marketing mm-hmm. because good marketing tells the audience who's not good for this opportunity and gets rid of them. Yeah. Then when they come through the pipeline and you have an opportunity for your sales team to get on there and share the opportunity with them, your conversion's much higher. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's amazing, man. Well, we're going to be wrapping up here in the next few minutes, but is there anything just right now that you just feel called on your heart to share with people? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about business and coaching, and I know we kind of touched on my story earlier, but I would kind of go back to that all that and like have the perspective to know you know, I don't want to discourage anyone from creating a life that's magnificent on their terms, like starting that passion business, scaling it, being able to work remote, retire yourself, retire your partner, like bringing that income. Like it's, it's amazing. Like the financial freedom, the geographical freedom is what even allowed me to move to San Diego. It's so funny whenever I meet people who are a little bit older yeah, and they're like, Oh, you moved from New York. Like, like did a job bring you out here? You know, like what company do you work for? I'm like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Like, <laughs> you're one, you're a yeah. unicorn. Very few people do come over here as entrepreneurs from New York. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it's like, so I want to say for sure, a lot of stuff we talked about, hopefully that's like gives them people value or inspiration to start that from a business perspective. But I try to be very holistic and think about like what other areas of my life can I be growing in and focusing on. And so for me, learning a lot about relationships, learning a lot about myself, quitting pornography a year and a half ago, quitting alcohol just over a year ago, learning about healthy relationships, codependency, all these things is really um, can be challenging. But also that's where kind of the fruit and and your kind of fulfillment is going to come from. Like I definitely get a lot of fulfillment out of my career, but I don't want that to be the only area, obviously. So I'm really focused on thinking about these other things, how to have more fun, more faith, more family, more connection. And so, and that can also be really challenging. You know, that's where like the freedom comes through working through that pain. I know you've been on that journey too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy that you brought that up. You know, 
we were talking, me and Brendan actually hung out on New Year's and we went to a worship event with Sean Foyt mm-hmm. and uh, New Year's was two years sober for me. Amazing. I haven't had to drop alcohol, been clean, dropped all that stuff from my past, been living in purity almost two years now too. And, Come on. and it's, it's interesting. I, I want to say when you chase business and success and money, it's very easy to be con- consumed with those things and busy with them that you don't do the real work on yourself. Yeah. And what happened with me was I was having success in different careers before launching my own business. Everyone I would go into, I would dominate because I'm, I'm aggressive. I'm driven. I'm focused. I'm talented. I'll put in the work. I'll put in the reps, but to a point of where I would never work on Cody. Yeah. And then the moments of pause come around holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, right? Things slow down. And then all the emotions would surface of how the true reflection of what I was dealing with would come out. Yeah. And, and at the time when I drank, you know, and this and that, I would become more aware of that. And it was like, okay, it's time to finally be just as obsessed about making me who God created me to be as, as I am business. these goals and business and money and finances. Yeah. There's, there's so many times <clears throat> where I see, I go to masterminds, I see people crushing it like you know multiple books top podcast i have a friend of a million subscribers on his youtube channel wow i know people making a million or multiple million per month in their business but how is he personally exactly yeah these people are mostly from what i see uh either single um or divorced and single um they're and, and they typically their whole life sort of revolves around the business and their identity identity too, is yeah. wrapped up in the success and the validation that they get from it. Yeah. It's mostly you see people who have work addictions, money addictions, idolizing and placing money, business success above yeah. anything else. And so what's been challenging for me, but also rewarding is, okay, I could go like crank out a bunch of work and make more money. And, and that's also safer emotionally for me. Oh, I yeah. feel more in control. feels good. I know what's going to happen. Or I can lay it all down and be like, trust God. And then we go hang out, go to worship, whatever, let it go. That's where the fruit really is. But you got to have that willingness to, to go in that direction. And that's something that I've been working on, especially as you kind of get to those higher levels, you see what's possible. Like I know, okay, I could get a plane. I could get this thing. <laughs> and it's like, no, like my emotional state. It's is like, I, I want to, I'm going to get a private jet, but I'm, I'm emotionally traumatized and unstable yeah. from my childhood trauma, feeling in all my relationships, yeah. have addiction issues. Seriously. But that's like a lot of people in the world. If you look at a lot of these like content creators and billionaires and celebrities, like, yeah, and you don't yeah. see it through their social media, but you get into the high level rooms behind the scenes <laughs> or just read the news or look at like the sexual float. assault, the divorce, the addiction, the death. Like, wow. You can just check it in the news and see how they, well, actually you, Brendan's been uh, alluding to something and if you guys have heard the past four episodes, you know, it pretty much has come up in everyone. There's one element that's key in there and that's God. And that's our relationship that we have with Jesus and that divine alignment. And I know you've kind of alluded to it and I'm just going to ask it, man, like what impact has faith had on your life in this journey? Oh my God. It's been huge. Yeah. So like when, when I look at last year, for example, right, 2022, really had the biggest business growth I've ever experienced in terms of like leadership and emotional manageability, client growth, income growth, team growth, all that stuff. It really broke down to two things. It was obviously, you know, getting good business coaches who really had walked this out, who could give me sort of like tactical blueprint of like, here's how to drive lead. Here's how to close. Here's how to do this. Here's the consulting, the information, and also kind of energetically and from a personal development standpoint, helping 
you know, modeling it and yeah. kind of building me up. But then the other whole thing was um, faith and like our men's prayer group and the worship nights and the services and like the community. I like I rapidly accelerated because there are other people in my business coaching program who don't have the success. Like, you know, I've had the success. They moved me from STA into the boardroom and they've moved me like I'm a testimonial. They sent my video out to their email list. I have great relationships with all those people. And like that emotional savviness and ability to kind of connect with all these people and get the value out of the coaching and to get the results is because I also spent just as much, if not probably more time pressing into God and pressing into in here mm. so that I could actually like implement that stuff positively. Yeah. And I just wrote this new email that's going to go out to all my new clients as they get signed up. And it's like, look, these are the things that you need to do if you want to be successful with my business coaching program. And one of them is you can't just rely on me and this program. I say church, faith, groups, meetups. Like it's got to be more than just coming to the call with me. Like you got to do, you got to work out your inner stuff too. combine that with the tactics and you'll succeed. That's so good. You know, it just reminds me of Matthew 6, 33, which is my personal favorite yeah. verse. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all and all things provided. will be added unto you. Yeah, it's so and, it, and it's so crazy. Like, you know, we, we live in a culture. We both, I'm, I moved from Michigan with nothing but a car full of stuff and a Husky. You moved out here from New York. We both were drawn to with San Diego. With a chihuahua. Yeah, with a chihuahua. <laughs> so we both moved out here with our cars, some stuff, and a dog. Yep. And we had dreams and passions and businesses. And now we're living, might be a little biased, but literally paradise in the United States, San Diego, California. Oh, it's the best city in the country. With the most amazing community, faith-based. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting because the more I have built my relationship with God, the more I've seeked him first, the more every other area of my life has accelerated. Yeah. And so I just, I wanted to share that with the audience. No, it's good because, you know, you can, in those moments of challenge in my business, I can either try to fix it on my own will. Like, oh, this guy's trying to cancel the call. I'm not getting leads. I'm not getting the money I want. I can try to like white knuckle that, which is what I used to do. And then you can make some money, but, but you're all carrying it on your shoulders. Stressful. It's intense. You're forcing, or you can go to God. you can play the surrender game. Trust him. Let go. It's lighter, it's easier, it's more, it's just easier. And it's, it takes less a toll on you. And, yeah. and then you, you, and you get better results anyway. Yeah. And then in the long, when you trust him, like we went through this recently in Q4 of our business, you know, we had some contracts we thought we were going to renew. We, we didn't, and we lost $50,000. We were anticipating to finish out, you know, 2022. And it was just like a full surrender to God. But then a $42,000 contract came in two weeks later. Yeah. And it's like, and then another 20 some thousand dollar contract came in and it's like, God always makes up the difference. For sure. Yeah. And usually and when you trust him, it's not just even making up. He'll go well beyond. Well and beyond. Yeah. Seedingly yeah. and abundantly. Well, as we wrap things up, how can people connect with you, Brendan? Yeah. So the podcast is called The Brendan Burns Show. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all the major podcasts. When outlets. you leave the five-star review, hey, we found you on the Cody Cottle yeah, Show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to chop that so I know. Let him know. And then uh, the Instagram is at The Brendan Burns Show. Um, those are kind of my primary. I would also say that if you go on TikTok, I have this hilarious video that went viral. It's got over 500,000 views playing credit card roulette in Scottsdale. Uh, I've seen it. Like, yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. So I don't know how you, I don't even know what my TikTok thing is. I think it's like, uh, Brendan Burns on TikTok, but it should be the Brendan Burns show. Yeah, Come dude. on, man. Yeah, Keep br- it consistent. Branding, baby. Branding. <laughs> 
Let's see. But but yeah, that that video is hilarious, and I almost had to pay a thousand dollar. Yeah, it's at Brendan H Burns on TikTok. Five hundred forty-six thousand plays. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If you're interested in building or scaling an online coaching business just like me, visit brendanhburns.com book and get a free one-on-one personalized coaching session to learn how to set it up. Again, for a free one-on-one personalized coaching session so you can have a thriving online coaching business that you can run from anywhere in the world, just like me, visit brendanhburns.com book to set it up. Thanks again for tuning into the show and have a great day.